Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. And I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. I'm Will Stone and he is Chase Caldwell. I'm Chase Caldwell. As you're listening to this, it is Friday. It is the first day of fall camp for your fighting Texas Aggie football team. And we have a very, very special episode and we are bringing on our very first guest. I'm Trey Parker. Uh, Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Our very first guest is none other than uh, former fighting Texas Aggie walk-on, Trey Parker. Trey, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. And also best friend of the podcast. Our best friend of the pod. GJP3. Oh, yeah. Or underscore 64, depending on the social media. Yeah. Still uses an AIM. Um, yes. AOL Instant Messenger. Which, in case you're wondering, AOL Instant Messenger email addresses still exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, the messenger part doesn't work anymore, just the emails. His away message is patience is a virtue. So just wait on him to get back, you know? <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome. Trey, uh, glad to have you on. I'm honored uh, that that y'all would choose me for the first guest. There's definitely many other better friends and and good people that y'all could have chose, but I appreciate it. Hey, as our first one, we, could, we couldn't pick a better one though. <laughs> I I, uh, I was you you were a perfect person to have on, in my opinion, uh, for for the first guest because uh, you were two worlds colliding for me. Um, your wife was one of the very first people I met uh, whenever I joined AGR, which is how I met Will. And I guess Will, by that point, you probably already knew Maisel. And yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so so, so uh, I met Trey because he's married to our friend Maisel, who I uh, showed cattle with in high school. She's from Tig, Texas, in Freestone County. Tig lines. Um, Tig lines. Tig lines. That's right. Uh, they're actually in the same district as Grosbeck now, so that's a that's an interesting tie there. But um, she started bringing Trey around, and we decided we liked him, and uh, we uh, gave him our our blessing. Well, so see that that's what I'm saying. I I'm at Maisel. Maisel's like aunt is my was my third grade teacher. Also, yeah. oh yeah, Friday um, walks ahead. Her her husband is uh, one of the biggest Aggie football. Guys that I know, he he is all in it. In fact, I saw him last week, and we we talked for about two hours after <laughs> a meeting, just about <laughs> football and stuff. Um, he's been he's been doing a radio show for high school football around here, and uh, I was like, hey, if you ever need help, like I I do a podcast now. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pro now. Yeah, right. And uh, but but I knew I knew. Trey, of course, through the football team, and and so whenever you all started dating, it was like, hey, two of my friends somehow mm. 
met each other. And, yes, uh, and, and we were friends because you were the only guy that would give me extra socks on game day. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> I was big on that. I uh, oh, yeah. I, I like I liked for everybody to like me. You know, you were a lover, uh, not a fighter like, for sure. Be like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some. Um, just hold on, just wait till Brandon or Goose are around the corner. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you a nice pair. It's game day. You right. deserve to have a nice pair. We won't get another pick drawer. You know, <laughs> cheese hooking it up. Cheese hooking it up. Uh, well, shoot, I think for this episode, um, uh, I think I'm going to be playing point guard here and just help facilitate, but uh, a lot of uh, a fall camp talk from from two guys who have experienced fall camp at, at Texas A&M. Um, I think you guys have a lot of a lot to offer, but uh, I guess off the top, uh, Trey, um, I know that Chase and I have talked a lot about this season, and uh, like we're so excited that fall camp is finally here. Is is your is your excitement level like at a ten or at a twelve? Like, is it as, as high as ours is? Um, so it definitely for the game of football. Yes, it's definitely at a ten for the game of football. Right. Uh, my my excitement for Aggie football is definitely dependent upon our quarterback answer, um, and we'll see where that goes. You know, I, I know you'll probably yeah. talk quite a bit of that, but uh, sure. I have a lot of questions there. I think every other piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, is there linebacker definitely, but but quarterback, you know, we just got to find that guy. And, and as soon as we do, that excitement level goes to 10 for the rest of the season. Yeah. So. Heck yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Fall camp to me is always, well, I would say SEC media days is, is always a kickoff. Um, oh, yeah. At least whenever I was a, an equipment manager, and, and you, can, you can attest to this too, I'm sure, summer is kind of boring. I, I always worked the summer just because I like to be around, but we would spend the summer, you know, we'd get shipments from Adidas all summer long. And so every day we'd get a new box in and we'd just spend the day writing numbers <laughs> on all the shirts and all the yeah, shorts. I got, I got the number 70 on all of my pieces of clothing that I wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even my number. I think Chase Literally, was right. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 um, I, I had your locker. I cleaned your locker. Um, you were always, you were always good to me, which is why I was good to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, there was a few others. I won't oh, say Reggie the name, but, uh, yeah, oh, so, yeah, there was plenty. Okay. You'll say, you'll say the name. Oh, well, that's what I, want last. I don't care. I, Expo- expose I just, them. I was just going to say locker number 74. And, um, you know, so, uh, weren't always good to me, but, uh, yeah, I had all of the locker numbers memorized. I mean, we we uh, by the end of the summer, you knew where everybody was, and um, we would, you know, play games like being like, "All right, who's locker number one eighteen? You know, <laughs> we would like test each other. Um, but but no, whenever whenever football like started to come back around, it was like, okay, here we are, finally, right. you know, that little break in between. Summer camp and uh, two days. Yeah, yeah. like in, Ju- in July is typically like across all sports. In, in, like in a, in a non Olympic year, it's the worst sports month in the, like of the year. Like oh yeah yeah because like oh, yeah. like like the NBA's finals are over. Like all you have really on television is uh, like tennis and regular season baseball. Like it's stuff no one cares about. <laughs> I mean, especially I don't mean to be that guy. I don't mean to be you know the pansy in the group, but you know. The FIFA World Cup years, those those are a little bit exciting too. But it's a World I mean, Cup, yeah. The the European football, definitely not American football, is definitely not as as good. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I played soccer. Soccer was my sport growing up. So I'm a big soccer guy. Yeah. But, uh, you have a, a Premier League team you root for? Big, a uh, big Tottenham guy. Manchester United. Hey, there you go. <laughs> they, they were my team back when I was a little kid when they had Rude yeah. Van Nistelrooy. There you um, go. Culture. Was, this guy's got culture. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've always had a question about, uh, about the, about the difference between spring practice and, and fall camp, uh, as a player. I feel like, I feel like in the spring, maybe some of the older guys, uh, maybe aren't as concentrated and it's more geared towards like those, those younger guys that are trying to come up and earn a spot. Um, I, I guess talk about the difference between those two, like uh, as a, as a player. Yeah. So um, I don't mean to go against what you're saying, but um, in terms of the three different times of the year during the season, spring and, and fall camp, um, <clears throat> the main differentiator is that the only one of those that the ones aren't going against the ones is the season. So spring yeah. and fall camp ones are going against ones, man. So you're seeing okay. a lot of sec football game every day in practice. You're yeah. seeing the ones go hard against the ones. Um, definitely a little bit more in fall camp. You're, you're not wrong about that. Um, but that's when, uh, you know, you got a hundred and some odd guys fully juiced up on testosterone just taking it out <laughs> on each other every day. So yeah. by the end of both of those sessions, you know, there's fights breaking out. There's yeah. just, I mean, this is a family podcast, so I won't say the words, but there's plenty of words <laughs> going out there that yeah. wouldn't be repeated. Um, so there's a big difference between spring and fall, but I would say the main similarity is the fact that, you know, ones are going against ones in every drill and every inside run drill, every outside run drill, every team session every situation session and that, um, you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, being, being that walk on, um, I definitely didn't get as many, um, reps during that time because they weren't as focused as seeing the third and four string guys. Um, so getting to watch that every day was, was, uh, was a joy as well as not get, not having to sweat nearly as much as those guys every day, (laughs) Um, you know, cold, cold tubs were definitely required for the, uh, ones and twos, uh, yeah. Post practice in in the in the fall camp, so yeah, so it's the same intensity level between spring and fall. Yeah, there, I would say the individual drills. Um, you know, perfecting your craft is a little bit more important in the spring. You know, really understanding. I, I mean, at least from an offensive line perspective, understanding your steps, understanding um, you know timing, things like that, um, is really important in the spring. And then coming together as a team and getting ready for the season, and you know, really just fighting your your butt off against the the other side of the ball, which, like I said, is the ones, um, is a lot right. more important in fall camp, getting that chemistry. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would almost say that the intensity level of practice um, would almost be higher during during spring ball. I mean, not that it wasn't during fall camp. It was, but it was mm-hmm. a grind, you know. Yeah. It was – it is a marathon. Multiple days of double practices and um, lifts in the you know, morning, practice at night. The the heat and all that. There was some some days where, I mean, you just naturally, I'd imagine. I mean, even me not not being out there, you know, at full on playing, I, I'd be drenched in sweat. You know, just just running around the field, getting balls where they needed to go. You know, and, yeah. Um, Especially and, if you only had the one ball. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially if you have one ball. Um, but but for spring practice, you know, we're it's kind of a race against time. You only have so so many right. practices, and so like you know, you see more of like you got to be on when you do have practice. And um, but fall camp, yeah, it's a it's it's very very much about um, the team kind of becoming a team. Um, you got some new guys, you got some guys that are, are getting on the, the depth chart for the first time. And, um, you know, everybody's in bright for 16 hours a day. And, um, it's, it's, a, it's, that's what I'm saying. Those last couple of days of that fall camp, man, there's yeah so much just animosity towards one another. Um, <laughs> even within your own group, man, I mean, you just, yeah, I hate to say it, but you're almost tired of the guy next to you. You know, it's like like Jason <laughs> said, you're you're up at, at the football complex for 12, 16 hours a day. It's it's yeah. we would be getting in arguments and fights just within the equipment staff. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sick of seeing you, dude. Each other, like, dude, just how do you not know this locker number yet? You know, like, it, it just. Trace You're here seven, 14 hours. You. Figure it yeah. out, you know, yeah. and um, it, I, it's it's you do see a lot of fights and aggravation in that last yeah. last week or so. Fall so I, I, I've got a question about tired. that. Um, I feel like uh, it's kind of a cliche, and we hear it all the time in uh, like on on podcasts and on radio and like in the in the media that like by the end of fall camp that the team is just so amped up to beat the crap out of someone in a different yes. a different color jersey. Is, is that is that as true as everyone says? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you – like like Chase said, 12 to 16 hours for two to three weeks straight of trying your best to beat up on the guy in the same color jersey, and you finally yeah. get to see another color jersey. And, I mean, the whole time the coaches are preaching, you know, those are your teammates. You know, don't put them in a situation where they could lose time, playing time, valuable playing time, especially for those starters. Right. Um, and so you finally don't hear that when you get out on Kyle Field um, on that first Saturday. You're not hearing your coach chirp about you know, hey, take it, uh, take it easy, guys, take it easy. You know, they're <laughs> ramp that 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 thing up. You know, is what they're saying. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely uh, it's not like a flick of a switch, but it's it's just contrast is is so great going from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. Fall camp is is. Uh... It's, I mean, obviously it's a grind. Um, I could only imagine how much more of a grind it is for the guys out there. Um, but it's a grind for everybody on board. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't miss. Yeah, it was not even an option. I mean, um, my, my aunt passed away one, one time during fall camp and I'm like, I can't go to the funeral. (laughs) The funeral was in Oklahoma. And I'm like, I can't go. I would, I'd have to miss like two days worth of work and it'd be like four practices. And yeah, if I did that, like they would be scrambling to try to get my position covered. And it just, it's no days off literally. Um, and, but it, it, but it's like in a way, like you hate it, but you love it. Yeah, you know, because it's it's all day, every day. You don't have to focus on class, you know, because you're not going to class. 
Um, you, you don't have to focus True on that. anything outside of football. It's just football it all day football. long. And, uh, I mean, like I was saying, even the coaches, I'm sure it's grueling for them. You know, they, they got to make up practice plans. They got to put a recruit, they got to put in uh, film, they got to put in film study and what teams, what, you know, what formations they want to really look at and, and understand what they're going to see all season long and what, yeah. you know, a majority of the practice needs to focus on. And then, at the end of the day, they got to get on the recruiting trail. They got to keep up with their guys. They got to check in how they're doing at their fall camp, you know, in high yep. school. And yep. the whole the whole building is uh, it's full tilt for those uh, yep. first couple of weeks in August. I think what you guys just said, like it sparked a kind of an, like a, a thought in my in my head just now that I feel like your like your your common fan may not understand how how sophisticated and how organized like a D one football operation is oh, yeah. during like during fall camp during the season. Like it, oh, it yeah. is all hands on deck. Like, like, like every minute is accounted for. Like it's, it, it's crazy, right? Oh, I mean, I mean, you gotta think, you know, you work for a software that does a lot of previous production, daily production, and then forecasting future coaches have to forecast, you know, they have to forecast what kind of formations, what kind of blitzes, what kind of personnel they're going to be seeing. So, you know, they're doing jobs similar to, you know, everybody in real life. Um, you know, my mother does forecasting and supply chain. I do forecasting. Like I said, you do. So um, they do, you know, they are fortunate enough to get to forecast the fun stuff. They get to forecast <laughs> and watch guys play football all freaking day. Yeah, for um, sure. Talk about a dream. But, no, they have to and, – and they have to be accurate, right? They have to be accurate at, at that, that guess in the future as to what they're going to see and – if they're not, guess what? They just spent three weeks in August getting ready and training for the wrong thing. So, yeah. Well, just yeah. like the sheer amount of like of resources allocated to like the support staff, like the analytics team, the right. the equipment team, the um, trainers, and and things like that. Like it's you had to throw that one in there. The equipment team in there. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <it's> a, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 I'm sure the equipment team has the analytics guys these days. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure that I'm sure they have something. Um, but no, I, I uh, from from the staff side of it, you know, you have the equipment guys, but you have the video guys. They're they're in there trying to get film. I mean, because you get right out of practice, and then they're right into you know meetings, and you got to get that video ready to go so that they can watch film from practice that day and. Um, you know, the training staff, they put together oh, yeah. hours and hours just trying to, to keep everybody healthy and, and all of that. So, I mean, I mean, even um, the cook staff yeah. upstairs, you know, the guys that cook are staff. on either oh, weight yeah. loss or weight gain programs, there was little stickers um, on each of the entree items. And like if you were on a weight loss program, you're, the nutritionist would have you on a list and he'd walk up. And he'd know exactly what you had to do, whether it was you need to eat two pink stickers, a green and three yellows or whatever combination of macronutrients you needed because of what program you were on. So, yeah, I mean, and it doesn't just stop at the end of fall camp, you know, it yeah. just you drop half of it and you pick up school um, for those players. And um, the staff, I, I would assume, continues uh, status quo from beginning of August all the way through the season, you know. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely um, on the staff side of it for that. Like we we had um, we were technically 
student athletes just in in terms of the the uh, registration for classes you know we register before everybody else because we had to get all of our classes in from eight to noon every day um, because we had to be at work at one and go from there you know yeah, yeah for some reason the petroleum engineering department didn't care much about that designation <laughs> i'm sure uh, it, uh, believe it or not I, it was pretty easy as agri- agriculture leadership and development major no <laughs> stop it stop it i was able to find some time in there um but yeah uh um but like you were talking about on the logistics side and and i think probably one of the one of the harder jobs would have been the the um the uh, cook staff that you're talking about because uh just just on the team meals we would have four team meals a day we would have mm-hmm. breakfast brunch lunch and dinner and then mm-hmm. then uh, the last two years that i worked there we would do this team snack you know <laughs> that mm-hmm. we and we would put a snack in everybody's locker <laughs> at night for them to take home to to eat you know, at night, and it's just, mm-hmm. um, and they definitely there, had there's the snacks a lot out that goes about. into that for sure. Yeah, they definitely had a snack out, out and about during halftime, too. Because I know, um, as a guy that wasn't trying to focus up during halftime to get ready for the second half, I definitely had my fair <laughs> share of Rice Krispie treats and peanut butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> it gets hungry, you uh, get hungry I, staying on the sideline, all right? Okay, it's not an easy job, you gotta <laughs> cheat your guys on. <laughs> I, I 100% agree with that. I uh, I didn't have to abide by stickers, so I would hit up the, the omelet bar in the morning. I would uh, hit up the, the sandwich station at, oh, yeah. at, at brunch and lunch and get the the uh, jalapeno bread on, oh, my, yeah. on my sandwiches. And you knew what was, you were doing. So you were good. messing around that sandwich station. Oh, yeah. Oh, not I was all. going they, to the they yogurt. Knew, they my knew my order the, every day. Yeah. My favorite was the yogurt bar. They had like all kind of fruits and granola. They just had they had so many options. Those were good brunch. They had the waffle station. I, I ate so much yogurt. Like every, every meal, I would just have like a little bit of yogurt and granola for like dessert. Our um, digestive systems were on point. For sure. <laughs> lots for sure. of fiber. Lots of fiber. Lots of fiber. <laughs> I'm sure there's probiotic. Uh, in so hang on. Too, so. You, you said jalapeno bread, Chase. Was that was that a breakfast item? Uh, it was just one of the breads that they had. It was kind of like a kind of like um, Subway. Yeah, it was like a like like the buns that you get at like Chimmies or something like that. Okay, uh, so it was, it was like, like sandwich was bread. Like, right. Yeah. There was like a Subway okay. station, and you can make your sandwich with oh, whatever man. bread, sourdough, whatever bread you wanted, whatever, whatever meat you wanted on it. And I would get I would get pesto mayo sometimes. Other times I would get chipotle mayo, and they had like just anything you wanted. I, it was chipotle like mayo slaps. Yeah, yeah. It was it was. <laughs> I don't care you, who stuff. you are. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is good stuff. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah, um, but you forget you forget about the Aggie FB Life staff while we were there too. The, <laughs> oh yeah, the film crew putting out the hype videos. Man, those guys were on top of it too. <laughs> yeah. Good old Ivan. Uh, Good old Ivan. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Aggie FB life, man. R.I.P. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get a soundbite for Pour One Out, but let's pour one out for Aggie FB life. That was good times back in the day. R.I.P. in peace. Haley Graves <laughs> on the sideline. Kyle Allen making some looks. Yeah, and, and um, um, James Duncan would be uh, trying to get a – 
get like, uh, or at least back then it's not anymore, but the uh, clean version of very popular rap songs, you know, um, which proved to be a pretty difficult task, you know, uh, for some of those, some of those songs, like uh, they, they wanted the clean versions. And um, if, if coach Sumlin didn't like it, he would, he would start booing. He'd, Boo, and we'd have to go to the next <laughs> song, you know. And uh, it it uh, it was it was very important to get good music going during the practices back then. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you knew how to put on a party. Um, yeah, I think I think Coach Fisher compared his uh, his office to a nightclub whenever he got here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth with some cheese on it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, so I've got a question in terms of food. So like, it's different in the off season where like, uh, like you're lifting weights, you're doing your conditioning, right. And like, you, you got a pretty set meal plan, but like with the practice, you're expending like so much more energy. Like, did you just have to eat like a ton more? Like, did your eating just go way up? During so practice? the big deal, uh, they didn't do it nearly as much during the season, but the big deal in fall camp was way in, way out. And depending mm-hmm. on what weight you lost was, is actually little salt tablets, um, so your base weight going into the season was what your coach judged your meal plan off of. And your mm. coach, your position coach, was the person that either sets you on a weight loss or weight gain program. Um, gotcha. But in terms of the day-to-day changes, um, it just depended on what you weighed in and weighed out on it was, was how many of those salt tablets you took. So, And yeah. it really, you'd think the bigger guys would lose more, but I, I saw Quiv Gonzalez one time lose, I want to say, like, like 18 pounds and he only weighed like 150 160 Dang. so he had to take uh seven packets which there was like eight or ten of those salt tablets within one packet so he had like 40 something pills to take over dinner Gosh. just to just to get those electrolytes back in so that was the, wow. that was the big deal for the day-to-day yeah that's insane I guess let, let, let's pivot real quick to uh, – so I, I'm trying to, to, to pinpoint your your time on the team, uh, Trey. Was it, was it like 2014? So it was fall 2013 and 2014. Fall 2013 and 2014. Okay, so – So Johnny's last year and then the Kenny Hill year. Gotcha. So so I guess you got to experience a, a quarterback competition in, in that 14 season, right? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, – I think it was pretty well understood um, how Kenny was was competing every day at that he okay. was going to step into that role. Yeah, I know. Like like uh, people on message boards tend to say like you know it's going to go to whoever wins the locker room and things like that. I don't know if that was like a real thing or just something that that people on the internet had kind of made up. But I wouldn't say that a majority of it goes to that. I would definitely say it attributes right. I mean, yeah, like we talked about going into August getting that team chemistry formed um, is an important part heading into that week one. Right. And of course the guy that's going to be vocal with his teammates, um, the guy that's going to get rowdy during lifts, the guy that's going to, you know, be excited going out to practice that that is just going to feed off whoever, whatever team he's working with that day. And, and it's really going to show when it comes to chemistry and practice. So, yeah, um, it's definitely not just the fact that, Oh, that guy's popular. He gets the job. Um, it's all yeah. the things that attribute back to that kind of bonding. Right. That makes sense. Um, right. and, and then how was that 2013 season with Johnny? Like, I bet that was 
pretty uh, a pretty crazy thing to be a part of. Yeah, that Chick Fil A bowl was definitely one of the most uh, <laughs> one of the most fun games I've ever been a part of. Um, yeah, and I'll yeah, tell you what, walking out of that tunnel um, against Bama in that um, you know Johnny's comeback year after beating him in right. Tuscaloosa, coming back to College Station, getting a shot, we got the team back. Um, that was, it was the most uh, talked about game I've I've ever I've ever seen. Like everyone in the country man. talked about that game all summer. And it kind of lived up to it. I mean, Mike's, you know, oh, yeah. what, 90-some-odd touchdown and us losing by six, I think. It was 47-41 was the final, I think. And yeah. That was uh, just coming out of the tunnel. Um, and I'll tell you what, you uh, coming out of the tunnel in the old corner of the end zone, of the north end zone, um, yeah. if you had your eyes up and you were trying to look at the crowd and you forgot to – pick your feet up um, and not, you know, focus on, Hey, knees up. You were going to trip over something and you were going to look like a fool. Cause it was, there was a lot of distractions coming out of that tunnel for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet your eyes can get big when you, when you experience, experience oh. something like that. <laughs> but, and get spaghetti um, noodle legs too. <laughs> yeah. That, that uh, 2013 season was really good time especially at the beginning of the season before we started losing a little bit um <laughs> just because there was there was so much just hype surrounding the program mm-hmm. um you know it, there was all the problems that espn had with johnny right you know where they're they're talking about johnny got a henna tattoo of a longhorn on his <laughs> on his side you know and stuff like that throughout the summer he slept and, through his alarm uh, at the manning camp yeah, and the <laughs> signature stuff and all that, like like going into the season, you know. I, I remember, I remember that first game where he had to he had to sit out for a, a half. Uh, yeah, the Rice game and Jokel played. Yeah, we, we were sitting and watching ESPN, and um, they were like, "Who might start at quarterback?" And they had like six guys on there, and and two of them were like walk on, like didn't even. Didn't even Connor play with Feast, the scout yeah. team, you know. I think Connor, Connor Feast or Ace Fierro. Or I was about to say was Ace Fierro. <laughs> it's like it's like I bet that's that's like a, he's probably pumped that he's on ESPN right now, you know, because it just the, they're like the what is going to happen? Thing, it's man. yeah, they're acting like it wasn't a regular football team that there there's a second guy up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're playing that game was so hot. It was sweltering oh, yeah. hot at that game. I remember, like maybe it was halftime. I went, uh, like I went to the concession stand to get a water, and um, there's people like just lined up, sitting down, all in, like uh, in that concession area, just like fanning themselves, drinking water, like just trying to get a break <laughs> from the heat. But it was it was a hot one. I bet it was hot down on the field <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, yeah, especially like you said, watching that first half with five possible quarterbacks playing, we really didn't. You know, the team obviously had that mantra going into the game was wait, just wait till halftime. So the first half was definitely miserable. Yeah. Yeah. That, at the end of that season, um, as soon as the last game was over, literally, I mean, up within 30 minutes of the game being over, they're ripping up the field and, yeah. and starting construction. And I, I, Browder, I went to that game. Browder and I, because Browder was on the, uh, on the field staff, Browder and I were out there as like the construction guys were coming on and I'm like, Hey Browder, you want to throw the football? And so like, we, I went and grabbed a, a game ball 
and and me and Browder were just sitting there playing catch on on the field, like as they're starting to rip up the turf. And I'm like, dude, we we were the last people to throw a football in the old Kyle Field, you know, like that's, a, that's like awesome. a cool stat that, to take to the be a, 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 you know something that we can always remember, you know, and yeah. uh, we have videos of it somewhere, but yeah, um, man, we were excited for them yeah. to start that because it meant the new locker room, it meant the new game room, it meant the oh yeah, you know, all the all the crazy new facilities. That was that was an <laughs> exciting uh, off season for sure. I, I look back at 2013 and like our locker room was wasn't bad you know no, at the time i was stoic. like i was I like we we don't we don't need like a new locker room like we have a really nice <laughs> locker room and <laughs> i was dead wrong like <laughs> we went we went from like the stone age to the space age oh, yeah. overnight like it was it was yeah, it insane was, it was real stoic it was wood everywhere wood lockers i mean <laughs> Even the little, you know, like wooden, like the little wooden lock boxes up top. I mean, it was all wood to like go into TV screens and like the yeah. the lift tailgate function on your Ford Expedition, like for your cleat box. You know, just like wave your foot and <laughs> yeah. like the cleat box pops out. So the old the old cleat box, you just open it up and it would just be like like a wood just trunk. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like a wood trunk. Everybody's clothes and shoes and pads and everything are all just stuffed down in this wooden box, you know. And then after that, it was like you said, you know, TVs on every single one with your yeah. name and your Jet hometown for on your it. Pads, so after practice, yeah. they dry off. It was yeah, that's that crazy. crazy. Sanitization things all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that you know your your cleats didn't stink. And I mean, it was just. It was wild. I uh, feel like I feel like today. I bet I bet Waxahachie and I bet what, the high school Trey played at probably have nicer locker rooms than that the the uh, prior Annie locker room <laughs> before the renovation. <laughs> it, it's possible. Um, I, I again, I didn't really think it was that bad. Yeah, but I, it was also uh, because I had never been to like a super nice locker room, right. and so the upgrade that we had, I'm like. Yeah, we our old locker lockers sucks. You know? <laughs> we definitely uh, jumped up the charts, like all those ESPN like rankings in terms of facilities. Oh, yeah. We definitely jumped up to top five after that. You know, after that, the, all the new facilities came out. You know, and we've definitely maintained no that that top yeah. five facility ranking in the nation. Yeah, up there with Oregon and Alabama. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they've Clemson. Yeah, I feel like they definitely kept up a commitment to you know. To like upkeeping facilities and always having the the cutting edge stuff, but it's tough I mean, there's so much. Don't live in a, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, just, I was saying that there's there's so much money in it now. It's almost hard not to keep up with it. <laughs> like there's like you have oh, something yeah, to invest yeah. that money in. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Put it in Bitcoin <laughs> or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, it's uh, it's it's hard when you don't have a big city like Texas or. Um, <clears throat> some of those those college um, colleges that are in big cities, you know, you got to have that recruiting draw that um, to make up for that. So, like being in College Station, you know, you kind of have to have the big, nice facilities to to have that recruiting advantage over some, like I said, like the Austins and the, the other big big college towns. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm glad you guys brought that up. That was definitely because uh, I thought y'all were in that in that time frame of that switch. So I definitely wanted to get y'all's take on that. Um, yeah, those those chairs that I have, Will that that my um, like foldable chairs. Yeah, those came from the old old uh, 
meeting rooms. Really? Uh, we just had a whole bunch of those chairs in there. Well, whenever they're destroying or destroying that area of the of bright, they're like. Hey, everybody can grab five chairs, and if you don't want them, like they're going in the trash can. So they just had them all all set up there. I got some of the ones with arms, you know, like that look like a school desk, and um, nobody really wanted those. But my mom and sister were teachers, so I was like, I'll nice. grab one for their room, you know. And, yeah. Um, but so so Trey, you you played offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. So so I, I guess like like how cool was it for you last year to see? Like, was that Maroon Goons moniker there when you were there? Is, is that oh, when that yeah. started? Yeah, it was definitely so, towards the end. Um, so, I mean, the original Maroon Green Goons was Luke, uh, Sed, P. Lou, G.I., and Jake Matthews. That was like the, the – I squad. mean, shoot, you got four first-rounders, and then P. Lou had a very good career at the Seahawks, you know. So, yeah, that was um, – that was – they definitely had that – they definitely lived by that mantra, and they deserved having that nickname and having yeah. a nickname in general. Um, those guys were yeah. bad, bad dudes. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 like, was it cool for you last year seeing like, you, like people like ESPN uh, talking about the Maroon Goons and like this a offensive line is so good. Like it's it's, it's cool to see those guys get get some publicity, right? Yeah, they, yeah, definitely. I mean, they definitely um, with what Jimbo asked asked from them, you know, in the run game, they. That is that. I mean, when someone was there, they they definitely pass pro a lot more. And and depending on what position you had, you know, obviously tackle. Sometimes it is more difficult to pass pro at tackle when you're on the island and you got guys that run mm-hmm. four sevens across from you. But yeah, Jesus there's Christ. nothing like running the ball, you know, thirty forty times a game, and that, and what that does to an offensive lineman. And and if you don't have the right stamina, how how it could wear him down. So no, those guys. They deserve it. Maybe not in their necessarily their skill set versus the past maroon goons, but in terms of their work ethic and, and getting up to that stamina level to be able to do that that many times a game, they definitely deserve that. Yeah, there's a, something you said earlier. Uh, you brought up inside run. Is, is that is that the, the the toughest part of practice? Is that inside run? God. I mean, no one. I mean, no one likes knowing that you got to go up against two defensive tackles and a middle linebacker. You know, like that's. I mean, that's just that's a defensive heavy uh, drill for sure. Just like one on one pass pro is. You know, you, you don't get put in the one on one pass pro situation very often, and and you don't have to go do you know seven or eight inside runs in a row in a, in a football game. So those are two situations that you just don't find yourself very often in a football game. That but. Right. Um, I'm sure Jimbo was definitely making those guys do inside run drill plenty of times. <laughs> uh, then a question for both of you guys: like, uh, so like, like fall camp, it's it's a grind. Like, and especially at at the beginning, you know, it's 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 a grind on your body and, and the wear, the wear and tear and all that. Um, at, at what point do you switch into like, hey, we're trying to you know do install and uh, like get our 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 starter set and things like that and switch from that into like, Hey, we're, we're going to prepare for Kent state um, and start getting into some of that stuff. So um, like I was saying, you know, we're, whether we know it as football players, we're preparing maybe not for Kent state, um, but I'm, I guarantee you there's some blitz packages that the uh, offensive line coach who puts the defensive scouting report together is putting into the, to the, 
scout team practice that um, Colorado runs, that Bama runs. You know, they're inherently right. going to see things in those first two weeks that that those coaches know those big teams are going to put in. Um, in terms of focusing um, on the first game, that you may start the Wednesday or Thursday before that first week. Um, especially if it's a Thursday or Friday game, but it being Saturday, you know, you may start Kent State install Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and have a few extra days of it. Um, but no, no major time before. Not like two whole weeks to prep for Kent State. It's yeah. rather two whole weeks to prep for a majority of what you're going to see throughout the season, and then hey, mm-hmm. let's start focusing, diving in on one one team. Gotcha. Yeah, gen- generally the install for that first team would basically be a game week. You know, right. you, you'd you would start the Monday if it was a Saturday game, Saturday game, you would start that Monday. Um, but like you said, you know, there would be a few times that we would maybe start a week and a half early, you know, right. you know, a week and a half before the game. Um, but generally you would see them just just continue to play ones versus ones, you know, um, just to get, get everybody's conditioning down, get, get yeah. your, um, techniques down, everything like that. Um, but yeah, you know, like Trey brings up a good point that, um, and, and you said it earlier too, Trey, that, that the coaches probably put a lot into fall camp, the, of, you know, trying to predict what they're going to see and, and how do you, do you, do you, go ahead and start on some stuff for Bama or for, you know, some of those bigger teams and how do you incorporate that with the rest without confusing, you know, some of the other stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, it, coaches it'd would be interesting to that. know like the, the full on, you know, thought process on right. the backside. I, I can't speak to that. Cause like you said, coaches would never say that. Cause right. coaches, would never, got, coaches would never tell us three weeks before Kent state, like, Hey, we're going to spend two weeks, on Bama for week three and just forget about the first two weeks. I mean, you don't put that, that mindset in your players' minds. You know, you, you, you let them yeah. know, Hey, we're, we're just practicing. This is fall camp. Right. We're going to bust our butt for these next two weeks. And then we're going to prepare for week one, like we would week three, you know? So they, they um, definitely would never say it, but you know, they don't come up with these, they don't pull these uh, blitz packages and defensive schemes out of their butt. You know, they definitely have, uh, some kind of film to go off of in terms of people that they want to see or formations that they know they'll see a high percentage of the year, you know, whether that's Auburn runs the same thing, Bama, LSU. So, Hey, let's throw this into practice for, uh, you know, a couple days. And then, you know, right. Ole Miss, Mississippi state and Arkansas is going to run this. So let's throw some of these and sprinkle these into practice, you know? So, but they're never going to say, Hey, we're going to, we're really prepping for Bama first week of fall camp, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. I guess like like as an offensive lineman, I feel like the like the communication is is such a key point a key part of that and like being able to like feel comfortable with the guys around you. Like I'm sure that's an emphasis in fall camp of like like I feel like last year's offensive line was so good at at picking up stunts and picking up blitzes and uh like, like they're good at the basics too, like like the like like doubling you know defensive mm-hmm. tackle and getting to the second level, but um like is that is that just a focus throughout? Like, hey, like, like you guys know the plays. Let's focus on you know on twists and stunts and and things like that. 
Yeah, so Josh Henson has definitely come in from OSU and done a great job at the doubling and getting up to the second level. I will say that I've seen such an increase since um, previous O-line coaches um, on our ability to do that. And to your point on, you know, the chemistry, <clears throat> it all starts with the center, man. Um, one of the Matthews brothers was there while I was there, and he was, you know, Mike was the center. And he um, – we would run this drill for, you know, blitz pickup. It was called blitz pickup. The uh, the scout team alignment, the second team alignment would be the D-line and the linebackers. And we would see a play card and, you know, the, we would be told, hey, don't show what you're doing before. Um, and Mike would know what we're doing before somehow just by how we were lining <laughs> up or how we were leaning or if we had more pressure on one leg. It, yeah. was, uh, it was really a sight to see, man. He may not have been as – you know, dominating in pass pro like his bigger brother or um, anything any, as as mean or as as nasty as his oldest brother. But I'll tell you what, that guy had had definitely had a Matthews IQ in terms of he was above average. Yeah, um, and, and, and the smart. ability to point out exactly what the O line was going to see and exactly what they were going to do, and and he didn't mind telling the defense um, and letting the defense know, you know, because he knew his guys were going to go execute. And if they knew how and what to execute, he knew that that uh, his guys were dogs and they were going to get it done. So the center yeah. is a is a pivotal part in understanding exactly what it is um, you're going to see on run on on pass pro on anything. So yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that for uh, the listeners of ours that that aren't just really heavy football fans. They just kind of like to watch the games and stuff. Um, just because I, I didn't have the background in football whenever I had started. So whenever I was in there and, and seeing that, um, I never really realized how much of of what, you, what you're saying where, okay, they're lined up like this. They're probably going to run this play. This guy's coming off the edge here, and this guy's this and that, that and identifying what the other team is doing. And, and you know, people that, that – are big into football probably already realize this, but I didn't at the time. And, and to see like, you know, Oh, we expect that they're going to run this play three or four times per game, you know, and all right, we've seen it once. We're probably going to see it three more times, you know, and, and like some of that, that kind of ideals, it, it really, that's what got me so into football after that to, to figure out like, man, like this is, this is so much more in depth than, you think it is whenever you're just watching TV and you're like, Oh, yeah. are they going to pass it or are they going to run it? No, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, so in depth, but either team knows what, what's going to come from the other team. So, so mm -hmm. like hitting yeah. some surprises and coming up with the, the playbook and stuff like that. It, it's, um, man, it's, it's so much, it's so much harder than just hitting ask Madden. You know, and then just running whatever <laughs> Ask Madden wants you to do. Yeah, um, it, it's advanced, and it's like, you know, um, trying to catch them off guard, um, trying to pick up what they're they're going to do if you're on defense or offense for that matter. And yeah, I mean, everybody um, thinks you know football coaches are just failed history teachers, and it's just <laughs> not the truth, man. They there's a lot of yeah. deep level thinking when it goes on, especially the higher you get, you know, because yeah. like you said. Um, there's very few and far between surprises um, in terms of what what what's going on and what you're going to see in the NCAA and even fewer in the NFL. You know, those guys mm -hmm. have been studying film at that point for, you know, 
13, 14, 15 years of their life for more than three hours a day. So they've seen it all. They've seen it, how it all works and, and the different speeds at which people can come. So, I mean, just even, like I said, in college, there's just few and far between surprises and it's all up to athletic yeah. ability and, and you manhandle that other guy and whether that's yeah. getting off the ball and, and getting open or is it your ability to move another man from point A to point B against his will, which is what an offensive line is all about, baby. That's it. <laughs> Hang on. So, so, so that, uh, that, that that made me think of a really good anecdote from a couple of years ago. It's, it's maybe one of my favorite uh, post-game coaching interviews. It was uh, the, the 2019 season after uh, Northwestern had played Ohio State, the year that Ohio State uh, had made the playoff. They had Chase Young and like all those – Justin Fields, all those guys. Um, and they played Northwestern on a Thursday night and beat them like 52-3 to three or something. It was it was bad. And uh, in the the Northwestern coach, Pat Fitzgerald, in his postgame presser, like uh, he was taking questions from the media and they were like, hey, coach, like um, did uh, Ohio State show you anything that, that may have surprised you? He goes, nope. I knew exactly what they were going to do. They just beat our ass. <laughs> like, there was nothing we could do about it. <laughs> yeah. They just did it better than they, they could practice, you know. They did it better yeah. than the scout team could show them. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess a question for each of you as we start fall camp. Uh, today's the day we start getting, you know, two-minute videos of, of stretching and uh, players in helmets and stuff like that that we will be sure to overanalyze. But I guess, like, what's a, like what's one big thing or just a few big things that you guys are looking forward to uh, or maybe like a position battle, you know, or something like that? Quarterback. I'll let I need, you go first, Trey. Yeah, I need uh, – I've heard, you know – Haynes King is the coach's son. He's got the hit factor. He runs the four four six. He, you know, I I just um, Calzada's got the arm. He slings it like Matt Stafford or any of the big ball slingers in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, but um, doesn't quite have the accuracy or the decision making. You know, I'm just I'm ready for someone to step up and take that role. You know, we need. Yeah. Um, like you said when I was talking about Kenny Hill, like yeah, Kenny Hill may not have had the skills that either of the, those guys had. But Kenny Hill got those guys together. He was friends with everybody in the locker room. You know, we need someone not not only that's going to do that, but it's going to step up on the field too. So I'm I'm ready yeah. to see what that's going to look like, and and we'll definitely, if it's not Kent State, we'll figure out real quick in, in the Colorado game because they were no joke last year. You know, they got a good running back core at Colorado, so it's not going to be a you know a cakewalk going into Denver for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to, looking forward. I, I think. I, I'm I'm really confident about our defense. Uh, we have so much consistency there that that there's not a whole lot of question marks for me on defense. Um, offense is really more of the unit that I'm looking to see. You know how how that comes about. You know, of course, there's questions about having a whole brand new offensive line, having a new mm-hmm. quarterback, having you know some some young receivers that haven't had just a ton of playing time, um, and then of course we've got. A, fantastic running back room well how do we build you know how how successfully are we going to build an offense that can support those running backs you know like we we need that o-line that that can run block for them to where they can do their thing um we need receivers to to step up to the plate so I, i don't know if it's there's technically a position group in my opinion um if there is it might be receiver uh, just to see how they um, 
you know, put it all together and, and make right. a complete offensive unit, you know. How do you yeah. fit in Anias and Demas and, you know, all exactly. those guys um, that we've recruited and Mushin Muhammad. I mean, there's plenty of guys, um, especially O-line. I'm so excited to see Bryce Foster, dude. Oh, I'm man. so pumped yeah. to see him in the game. I can't wait. I can't he's, wait he's, to see him play. He's he's every O lineman's favorite O lineman. Like God, dude. <laughs> God, he's amazing. And then I, yeah. what I'm really excited for is, um, you know, a little bit. I think this year is going to put a little more respect on Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond's name, and you know what he did for us the past year, eighteen months, maybe not two full years, but you know the past eighteen months, what he did for the program. So, yeah, um, I definitely. Um, think there will be a few people biting their tongue and saying they wish they uh, we had him back this season. Um, I hope not. You know, I, I would love to be wrong about that sentiment, especially if Haynes steps up and yeah. we got a, a multi-year starter on our hands. You know, but um, I definitely think there's going to be at least in the first couple weeks a major, not a major drop off, but a drop off from what Mond was doing for us towards the end. Right, and just his his consistency and uh, just being that steady presence on the field, but. Right. Um, yeah, his I, expertise. You know, I, I think. Yeah. I think for me, um, like I, I know we replaced four stars on the offensive line. I, I feel pretty good about most of those guys. Um, yeah, recruited well. We have, and like I, I love, I love Lane Robinson. Uh, love Akinola Ogumbi. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think I've got. There's there's three guys I'm watching. They're all on offense, and they've all had some injury, uh, some unfortunate injury luck. I'm, I'm watching Luke Matthews. I'm watching Baylor Cup. I'm watching Caleb Chapman. If, oh, Baylor Cup! If Baylor Cup comes in and just we got Watermeyer and him balling at the same time, it yeah. could be lethal. Yep. Yeah, that's my thought. It's not a case of talent with either of those guys. It's just being able to be available. But mm-hmm. if 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 by the grace of God, if those three guys are 100 percent ready to go, I think this is a flat out dangerous football team. Like it's. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 could be it could be a playoff caliber uh a playoff caliber team for sure. How do you see us making the playoff? Is it going to the SEC championship? Is it being second behind Bama ahead of whoever loses um in the East? How do how do you see that shaking out? So I I think for me it's I mean obviously It'd be easy if you just beat Bama. <laughs> like, that's the, that that's be, the toughest that's thing. It's, right. it's the toughest thing in the world to do, but like that sets you up so much easier. Um, but if not, I think I think the three of us and all of Aggie fans are rooting for a bunch of the other good teams to lose. Like you want Oklahoma to have two losses. You want you want Clemson to stumble out of the gate. Maybe um, you want if we have Ohio. a tight game against Bama, I don't see how they put OU back in it, man. The, just how they've performed in it thus far. Yeah, um, I know they. Had it just scares me. It scares me if OU just rolls through their schedule, though. Like if they're like, right. and they have they haven't done that uh, in recent memory. They always have a loss somewhere, but right. if they're if they end up thirteen and zero and don't play a close game, then it, it, it'd be and tough Spitz, to keep them out. Spencer Rattlers, you know, number one in the Heisman race, right? Um. But I think, and then Ohio State's just so loaded. Like we talked about the Big Ten the other day, um, I, just, I just don't see a team that can really, you know, push them and even like like put a blemish on their record. I mean, it's happened before, uh, and like they're going to have a new quarterback and all. But um, man, it's 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 tough to see a path if if those other conference favorites, you know, are all looking good at the end of the year. I don't know what uh, with Ohio State though. I mean. 
You got Rutgers. But um, <laughs> anyways, they, but anyways. <laughs> they, uh, go Scarlet Knights, am I right? Yeah, it, Greg Schiano. If, uh, <laughs> if I, I think, yeah, obviously, like you want to control your own destiny. You want to be able to just just keep it in front of you. Um, you beat Bama, then then it's on you, you know, and and you can get there. You've got the talent to get there. Beating Bama is going to be hard, and um, I'm not necessarily going to say that we're going to do it. Yeah, know, they got I'm a more hopeful, quarterback. Yeah, yeah more hopeful for that we might be able to just just from a talent perspective. But um, I, I just it's always going to be a, a hurdle to to beat Bama, and, and yeah. so um, and then focus back up and beat the rest of the schedule too. I mean, yeah. But I think on that note, um, if you are able to beat Bama, that that gives you so much cushion because, like, like we like we are going to have a, a younger quarterback and and things like that, and uh, some tougher road games. With you know, we, we go to Mizzou the next week. We you know close out with road trips to Ole Miss and LSU. But if you beat Bama, you can afford one loss somewhere and still make it to Atlanta. Um, you know, unless there's like a crazy you know tiebreaker thing. But um, it, it's why it's so important. Like it opens up so many other uh, paths to get there. Instead of like you know losing that game, even if it's close, and just hoping and praying that that someone else gets beat when they're a favorite. Like last year, I was locked into that North Carolina Notre Dame game. I was like, if North Carolina can just knock them off, like it's yeah. going to put us in the playoff. <laughs> but yeah. Unfortunately, it just well, didn't whoever happen. Whoever wins in Atlanta is making it too. So yeah, you're right. For, absolutely. Paths to Atlanta equal more paths to the championship. Right. Sure. Um. I've got one more question I've got to say, but have you guys got anything else before we get out of here? Not particularly. This has been fun. No. I, 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 it's, it's already been an hour. I feel like that flew by. I know. I, I got some big <laughs> shoes to fill for the next guest. That's all I got to say. <laughs> You've set the bar high. Oh, geez, um, so high. <laughs> what, what are they, 12 and a half? No, they're 14s, 14s, 14s. Oh, uh, okay, 14s. Look at here. <laughs> Don't lowball him. <laughs> or 13 double E's, just depending on what we had available. <laughs> I just went 12 and a half. That was like the most common size, so that was right. that was <laughs> the easy easy yeah. guess. <laughs> hey, I, I, I feel your Locker panel. number 70. I feel your panel on that double E life. I, I, have, I have to get my boots oh. double E or I, I can't hack it. But Right. Um, the last question I got for you as a – uh, a connoisseur of offensive line play. Um, j- just tell me your thoughts on on the on the kind of player that Kenyon Green is. Well, I wouldn't really consider myself a connoisseur. But, uh, <laughs> oh, were you talking to Trey? My bad. My bad. Chaser eraser. So one thing that that's really going to stand out on Kenyon's resume. Um, is his ability to move around the O-line. You know, him starting at guard this year, he's slated to play one of the tackle spots. Um, Being able to manhandle a three technique or or down block on a nose guard and then move out to the outside and pass pro against, uh, like I said, a defensive end that is honestly one of the most athletic positions on the field these days. Um, That shows coaches so much not only in your ability to do that and how well you do that, um, but also in the work ethic it takes to understand 
um, how, how, how different those two positions are. People might think, like Chase said, people, the, the average listener who's not tuned into football heavily might think, oh, it's just one position over on a position where you just push people around. No, it is um, run blocking, 100% different. When you're doing outside zone, trying to get leverage on that outside shoulder of that D-end, um, pass pro, when you're on an island, like I said, with a guy that runs a sub-four shuttle, and then's out there running a four seven forty, but still weighing two hundred seventy five pounds. Um, bench pressing four oh five is, and then like I said, moving down to guard and down blocking on a three hundred forty five pound you know uh, nose guard and allowing that center and that guard to get out on a pull or whatever it may be. That versatility, um, his ability to do both of those things so well, stand out so well at guard that um, the SEC knowing him moving to tackle isn't going to change his preseason all SEC rankings people put are putting him in all SEC going into the season knowing that he's making that move um just he's definitely not um you know that's not something that um our boy from Taylor could do um the mountain but um it's something that that very few people few and far between people can do Cedric Aboye did it GI did it they were both late first round draft picks you know so that versatility yeah. to do both of those things so well um, at such a high level, I think, is really what stands out about Kenyon. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, that was a great episode, man. Like I, I love that. Uh, we'll have to get you back on uh, later in the fall, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, being our our first ever I'm, guest. I'm free after five every day. <laughs> and, then, and then Reese goes down at seven thirty, eight o'clock. So five thirty to eight thirty, maybe a little busy, trying to you know priorities. Family, uh, you guys yeah. are definitely uh, family one B, not family one A. But uh, I'll I'll be that priority right there after. So I yeah, love you guys, that. and I, I'm I agreed. To, I, I had a great time. Y'all are a great great group of guys to talk to at all times. It's Definitely why Mason and I still uh, hover around you guys and, and can't thank y'all enough for y'all's love and support at all times. Absolutely. We, 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 we love you guys too. Missed you too. I feel like I hadn't seen you in forever. So. Yeah, Chase, I haven't you. heard him say I love you too, but yeah, it's fine. I, I love you too. I love you too. That was one of the first couple's weddings I went to with Mason's was y'all's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, man. It's been a while back. Been a while. We, uh, had a great wedding. <laughs> it was a great wedding. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we've got a ton of stuff coming up in the in the coming weeks, and uh, we're uh, you know four weeks from football. Like we're 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 right there on it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, looking forward to creating some more content for you guys. So uh, stay locked in right here on the Ellsworth Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.